Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, presented, as always, by Prize Picks. I'm your girl, Lauren Carpenter. You can find me on the socials at Stepmom Lauren, and you can find us here at Mayo Media Network at Mayo Media Net. And as always, like I said, this is presented by Prize Picks. Please do yourself a favor, head on over there if you haven't signed up yet already. Use the promo code MMN, and you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. It is like free money, which is really fun. Prize Picks is a ton of fun. It's not just football, there's all sorts of sports on there, but you can still participate in our 7-Eleven challenge, even though we're already headed into week 15, which is incredibly difficult to believe, but here we are. And if you haven't heard of the 7-Eleven challenge already, let me tell you, it is really easy. You just pick five over-unders from the NFL game on Friday, oh excuse me, Thursday, not Friday, we have games on Saturday. I'm already confused when it comes to what is going on with this league when we head into week 15. Thursday, And then the Sunday games, and I guess the Saturday games too, so the weekend, the weekend games. Just don't pick the Monday games, because that's when I go over the leaderboard there with you. It is five over-under picks from those games. I'll just call it those games, because it's like football all week long, which is very exciting, especially when everyone tests positive for COVID-19. I say that with a lot of sarcasm. I will get into that in a hot minute. Change your bet amount to $7.11. That is how we track it. And before I hop into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, which is injuries, waiver wire targets, and streaming options, um, we need to go over the leaderboard and we need to see if there's been, I don't know, any changes that may have happened. And guess what, Alan W.? There's not. You are still in first place, my friend, with 49 correct. Nicholas R., you are now solely in second place with 48 correct. And Joseph W., you are tied with Marcus F. for uh, third place at 45 correct. And yes, as always, we have prizes for first, second, and third, middle, and dead last. And uh, let's go ahead and see who is still in dead last. We have Ty S., Nicholas T., Dale P., John B., Jasmine C., Francis K., and Alexa D. Welcome to the last place Partay, but it doesn't matter because there's still prizes for last place. Prizes for middle, first, second, and third. Super fun. So these are updated through week 13. We have not yet added the week 14 numbers to this because we have so many participants that it takes a few days to make sure everything gets inputted correctly, but you can still play. That's what's so much fun about this game. The 7-Eleven Challenge, five over-unders, change your bet amount to $7.11. And don't forget to use the promo code MMN to get your deposit of up to $100 matched and use that match amount to play the 7-Eleven Challenge. Super fun. There's also a link in the description of this video. But without further ado, let's hop right into our injuries. We have a lot of them. But mostly it has to do with COVID-related news. And I will touch on that at the end of my litany of injuries that are just the beginning because there's a lot of very nebulous reports coming out about is expected to play, hopeful to play, not sure to play. It's it's all very obnoxious. But especially heading into our round one of the fantasy playoffs, it is incredibly important you pay very close attention to these players' status. So first and foremost, good news is Michael Carter, rookie running back for the New York Jets, is expected to return for week 15. This does kind of give us Tevin Coleman managers uh, maybe a little bit of a headache, but it's okay. Michael Carter is coming back. Thank you. A little bit of good news for the New York Jets right there. Um, Unfortunately, moving on to the not-so-fun stuff, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, is likely out week 15 with a knee injury. 
The Dolphins have had to activate Duke Johnson and Travis Fulgham from the practice squad because I think every single running back has tested positive for COVID-19. That is a situation for the Dolphins that is not good at all. And then Josh Allen has a foot sprain. He was spotted in a walking boot in his post-game press conference. Lamar Jackson has an ankle sprain, but he is hopeful for Week 15, according to according to Coach Harbaugh. Excuse me. And it's suspected to be a low ankle sprain instead of a high ankle sprain, which I suppose is good news. But any sprain is painful. Believe me, I've sprained my ankles. It's not fun. And yes, it was in high heels and I fell over. Don't judge me. Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, we already did that one. Kareem Hunt. Not Lamar Jackson. Kareem Hunt. Unlikely to play with an ankle injury. Lots of ankle ankle issues. Why don't people tape them up? You know, have some support. And they're not even wearing high heels like I was uh, in South Beach with way too many um, adult beverages in my system. And I fell over. It happens. You know what? Sue me. Austin Eckler. He re-aggravated his ankle ankle injury, and thank goodness we're moving on from ankles here, but not really in any better good territory with Aaron Rodgers, who had a setback with his dislocated toe situation. And uh, Melvin Gordon, he did suffer a sprained thumb in the game, but that didn't really seem to matter because he went out and then came back in and still ran for over 100 yards. So he should be fine. But first and foremost, we have a lot of players that are going on COVID. I guess there was some kind of a mini outbreak or something that is going on here. For example, this is being recorded prior to the Monday night game against the Rams and the Cardinals. And just this afternoon, Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby were both deemed inactive after testing positive for COVID-19. They are both vaccinated, so keep an eye on their status, especially if you play in IDP leagues when it comes to Jalen Ramsey or any wide receivers that are going to be going up against Jalen Ramsey in week 15. Um, but that's not all. It's like Kadarius Tony, everyone from the Dolphins. I mean, there's a litany, a, a list, very long, of players, and it is constantly getting updated even as we speak right now. So keep your eyes on that. Have contingency plans, which I will try to help you with in this episode right now with some waiver wire targets. Let's cross our fingers that those waiver wire targets do not land on COVID-19 because this is probably the worst week of fantasy football to land on COVID. This is ridiculous because we are heading into the round one of our fantasy playoffs in week 15. Not good. So let's try to brainstorm here. I'm going to give you the best options that I personally like that are available on the waiver wire. This is not, these are not an exhaustive um, list of players is what I should say. Uh, for week 15. So um, these are the ones I like the best. I like the best based on their matchup. I like the best based on volume and opportunity. And I'll be 100% honest with you, I don't even really love them very much. There's just a few that are must-haves. But I still want to give you some options just in case, especially if you're in deeper leagues. And let's go ahead and jump right into it at the running back position. Hi, Rashad Penny. Um, You're like five years late to the party. Okay, where have you been? I feel like I'm an angry stepmom that has been watching the clock and Penny has been late for curfew and I'm sitting there drumming my fingers on the kitchen counter just waiting for them to walk through the door so I can yell at them for being late but so happy that they're okay. That is a situation that Rashad Penny has put me in. But he rushed 16 times for 137 yards and two touchdowns. He absolutely blew up. He looks more explosive. He is more explosive than Alex Collins. And if Adrian Peterson is going to continue to miss any kind of time with his lower back injury that he has, then this is Rashad Penny's backfield. And Chris Carson is out for the year with his neck situation. 
It is rare that there is a gem of a running back that could possibly be available on the waiver wire, especially at a crucial, crucial time in the fantasy, I don't know, league, if you will, the fantasy season, really going into the meat and potatoes of our fantasy playoffs, which is the round one. And if you don't have a round one by, you know how stressful this whole situation is. Spend the rest of your fab if you have any left. Use your first waiver wire claim if you have it. And even if you don't need a running back, take him, play defense in your league so that someone else doesn't grab him and have a high upside RB2 for the next three weeks. Speaking of the Austin Eckler news that we had about his ankle situation, which head coach Brandon Staley was like, he'll be fine. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a sprained ankle, okay? He's not going to be just fine. And they play on Thursday, which makes the matter a little bit more crucial here. If so, even if Austin Eckler is able to go, there is a high probability that he could be limited. Now, what we saw in the game for the Chargers is that Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly basically had a 50-50 timeshare. In fact, Josh Kelly had 10 attempts for 33 yards and Justin Jackson had 9 attempts for 35 yards. It's very difficult to get more 50-50 than that. I don't do math. I get it. It's not perfectly 50-50, but it is darn close. And their schedule is facing Kansas City, Houston, and Denver. I also want to reiterate real quick about the Seahawks. They have a juicy, juicy schedule moving forward facing the Rams. I know that's a little rough, but Chicago and Detroit. So Penny has an absolute opportunity to excel. Which of the Chargers running backs you want to target here is literally a coin toss. If it were up to me, I might lean Justin Jackson because he has been known to get involved in the passing game, even though that didn't really show up um, in week 14. But he is a little bit more familiar with what's going on because he's been on the team for longer. But then again, there's new coaches for the Chargers. So I don't really know how much that argument really gives a lot of weight. This could be a situation as to whether or not which of these running backs is available. Um, So take your pick. Um, Good luck because I don't even know which one is going to be the better one and it's likely going to be a 50-50 timeshare. So good luck with either of those two. It's kind of a stretch. Speaking of a stretch here, I'm going to hop right into the Lions. And Craig, Craig, who? Craig Reynolds, you already have a Reynolds on your team. Thank you for confusing me. But Craig Reynolds was literally on his couch like a week ago watching Netflix. In fact, that's his nickname now on the Lions. His nickname is is Netflix because of this situation. Either way, um, he literally came in and exploded because Jamal Williams was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list and DeAndre Swift is still dealing with the injury. Now, the thing with DeAndre Swift is I'd heard conflicting reports here. And one report, the Lions are hopeful to get Swift back. In another report, they are rumoring to put him on IR. Obviously, that's devastating for the fantasy season because that means he's done for the rest of the year. So Craig Reynolds could be a speculative ad. He did have 11 rush attempts for 83 yards. He caught both of his targets for 16 yards. And he led all of Detroit's running backs in the backfield in this game. Like, hi, who are you? Thank you, that helps no one, and just kind of blew up every single daily fantasy that anybody had, because I guarantee you very few people started Craig Reynolds, because I didn't even know who he was, which is, it happens in football, whatever. But uh, they have also have a great schedule coming up. They face Arizona, Atlanta, and then Seattle. I mean, come on, you cannot get any better. So let's hope that everything is fine with Jamal Williams and he can come off the COVID-19 reserve list quickly. Um, everyone who rosters DeAndre Swift, I hope he comes back quickly because there is opportunity for Lions running backs. I can't believe I'm saying that because 
It's the Lions. Let's be honest here. Sorry, honey. I love you. That's my husband's team. But hey, it happens. And also, in light of the Kareem Hunt news with his ankle situation, Dearness Johnson, all right, he didn't have like huge numbers in the game, but that doesn't matter because he can have huge numbers. He's only 25% rostered for the Browns. Obviously, this is going to be Nick, Nick Chubb's backfield here, but Dearness Johnson has the opportunity to get involved. They play Las Vegas, they play Green Bay, and then they play Pittsburgh. This is opportunity here for Dearness Johnson if Kareem Hunt has to miss any time, which it does sound like Hunt will miss at least a week. So Dearness Johnson, if you have him, good for you. If not, see if you can go out and get him. But no matter what, the very first running back that I would pick up is Rashad Penny, without a doubt. Also, don't forget, the Eagles were on a bye. Uh, That could be out of sight, out of mind for some people. So Boston Scott and Jordan Howard could be available on your waiver wire. Just have a little buyer beware here because Miles Sanders is also on the team still as well. But whatever situation is going on there with the Eagles and Nick Sirianni is very confusing. So I would personally avoid it, but you may not be able to have afforded that luxury at this point. So I totally get it. But don't forget about those two names. See if they're available because they also have some upside potential. Let's go ahead and move on to the wide receivers here, which is a a lot less stinky than the running back situation is. And very similar to this Rashad Penny situation with finding a gem on the waiver wire this late in the season, Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the Dolphins. We're going to talk about the Dolphins a lot today. He is 50% rostered, so he may or may not be available, but if he is, swoop him up and grab him if you can. They were on a bye as well, so it's one of those bye week situations where it could be out of sight, out of mind, like we had with the Eagles running backs. But Devontae Parker is a skilled, explosive, and talented veteran that can get it done no matter who is a quarterback. Not to mention Tua Tagovailoa is playing so much better, and defenses are going to need to scheme around Jalen Waddle as well. So there is a lot of opportunity here for Devontae Parker to make some very explosive and splash plays like he is known to do. Now the Dolphins will face the Jets, yay, New Orleans. That's actually not as bad. New Orleans defense has been a little porous when it comes to the wide receivers of late. And then Tennessee, who has also been very poor. So I really love the upcoming schedule here for the Dolphins, not only just for Tua, but also for the pass catchers in the offense. So Devontae Parker, he's a steal. I love him. I have him rostered in as many leagues as I could possibly find him. And then K.J. Osborne. This is a situation that's a little sticky when it comes to Adam Thielen and whether or not we are going to see him in week 15 or even 16. Who knows? But K.J. Osborne's, he really saved his fantasy day with a long touchdown. That was kind of freaky. He is one of the wide receivers of the Minnesota Vikings, and he's around 35% rostered. He did see nine targets, which we do like, but really was only to make a lot of fantasy production out of one big play that resulted in a touchdown because he was only able to haul in three of those nine targets. Their schedule is favorable for wide receivers, but not awesome, as they play Chicago, LA Rams, and Green Bay. So KJ Osborne is an opportunity here. Um, he could still get something done, even if Adam Thielen is on the field. But if Adam Thielen, if Adam Thielen is good to go, I would fade KJ Osborne. But you never know. He's an op- he's an option to pick up. I again, he's another one that I have everywhere. Now, can't believe I'm saying this. Because my next two are ones that I feel that people have just beaten me over the head with making me pay attention to them when I don't really want to. And the first one is Laquan Treadwell. Urban Meyer, what are you doing? I don't understand you. You need to go back to college and just leave the NFL because this is ridiculous. First of all, don't tell reporters that they're lying when you know that they're not, okay? I see you and stop it with this nonsense. You are in the NFL coaching grown men, not 
little college kids who look up to you like you're some kind of god. Nobody cares about who you are in the NFL. Get over it and start using the rest of your pass catchers. But either way, he loves Laquan Treadwell and so does Trevor Lawrence, which is very important because he is kind of a security blanket and that is exactly what he's turning into. In the last three weeks, Treadwell has had eight, five, and six targets respectively. And uh, he had his best fantasy week this week week in week 14. I mean, it wasn't like super awesome, but it was serviceable, especially if you need to plug someone in at the wide receiver position. And the Jaguars are going to be constantly playing with the negative game script. So they're going to be throwing the football. And so far, Trevor Lawrence's favorite person in the world. Actually, maybe I should just say Urban Meyer. Does he even know what's going on though? Because he literally doesn't wear a headset when he's on the side of the field. Is that weird? I feel like that's weird. I've never coached an NFL team, so I don't know how that works, but it seems to me like you should. But, you know, to each his own. You coach how you coach and keep losing and see how that works for you. But Jaguars are facing the Houston Texans, New York Jets, and the New England Patriots over the next three weeks. It's tough, but hey, here's, that's where we are. We're, in, we're heading into the playoffs, desperate times, desperate measures. Then the last one I'm bringing up is someone I like a little bit better, but it's Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. I know. Another one that I just feel people have been forcing me to say, pay attention, and you know what? It's remiss of me because I should be paying attention. Amon Ross St. Brown has been doing very well. He had 12 targets in week 14, hauled in eight of them, 473 yards. They're facing Arizona, Atlanta, and then Seattle. So this is a very favorable matchup if Jared Goff can keep his head on a swivel, stay upright, and start completing some passes. Amon Ross St. Brown seems to be the difference maker in this offense, um, especially with TJ Hawkinson being questionable. Um, that is another piece I did not bring up in our injuries because I just don't know enough yet about TJ Hawkinson. Keep your eye on him, but Amon Ross St. Brown may become a crucial fixture in this offense. So fingers crossed. I don't love it, but again, desperate times, desperate measures. He is also only about 15 to 20% rostered. And last but not least for our waiver wire targets is the tight end position. Gross. I mean, that's really all I can say about these two guys is gross because there's really no upside here that I can see. It's literally desperation play, which should be the theme of uh, week 15 waivers is desperation. But yeah, that's where we're at. And it's, it's it's not awesome. But oh well, Austin Hooper. Tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He is about 40% rostered for some random reason. He had seven targets, five receptions, only 30 yards, but he did haul in a touchdown. Now, he had this uptick in volume because Harrison Bryant and David Njoku were out of the picture. Harrison Bryant is injured with an ankle situation, and David Njoku was on the COVID-19 list. If either one of those guys returns, this is going to really push Hooper all the way back into the tight end three category. And that's not great. We don't like that in fantasy football, but he is an option. It stinks. If they don't return for week 15, then we're talking a little bit better output here for Austin Hooper. But they are facing, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, Green Bay Packers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pretty interesting game there on the Pittsburgh Steelers side that they, that division is just ground and pound and super fun to watch, even if they don't score a lot of points which is usually rare because we like to see scoring. But when those teams play each other, it's popcorn, get it ready, and just watch the blood fly. It's pretty amazing. My second option here, another kind of gross one, is Gerald Everett from the Seahawks. He is 25% rostered. I don't love the volume here. And in fact, in week 13, he scored negative points. Nobody wants that. 
but he bookended that week in week 12 and week 14 with a decent fantasy output. And Russell Wilson is still dealing with this finger situation. I know he played much better in week 14. But Gerald Everett is really starting to become the target on intermediate routes. And um, as long as Gerald Everett's involved, he can possibly see some kind of volume. It's not very much. I think he had three targets. But it is a possibility if he scores a touchdown, then he can help your team. But we never like touchdown-dependent players, especially tight ends. But it is a it is a thing, you know, and Gerald Everett is likely available and Russell Wilson likes to target him and they're playing the Rams always an interesting matchup between the Rams and the Seahawks then they face Chicago and then Detroit so the matchups here are not horrible they're not great and remember that Gerald Everett is likely going to be touchdown dependent now let's get into our streaming options at the quarterback position and on our defense special teams position which I think that there are a lot of really good options this week. Now, the top three that I really like for the quarterback position, and I'm going to mention the Dolphins again here, it is Tua Tungavoyaloa versus the Jets, who have allowed the sixth most points to opposing quarterbacks. My second favorite, actually my all-time favorite, is Taysom Hill. I love Taysom Hill. They're facing Tampa Bay. I know that might seem a little, little scary, but the Buccaneers have allowed the fifth most points to opposing quarterbacks over the season. Last but not least, Jimmy GQ. That's right. Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Handsome himself, is facing Atlanta, who have allowed the second most points to opposing quarterbacks. And the San Francisco 49ers are heating up, and they're heating up in fuego. Muy caliente. I love it. So Jimmy G is, I think, one that's often overlooked. But they're playing the Tennessee Titans in the following week, who have allowed the third most points to the quarterback position. Something to keep in keep in mind when you're making your selection there that Jimmy GQ has not one but two weeks of very solid matchups. And then for our defensive side here, again with the Dolphins, I understand, but they're playing the Jets. I mean, this is kind of kind of easy, you know? It's kind of just what happens. You kind of pick on the Jets. Jets have allowed the eighth most points to opposing defenses. There's really not much to discuss there. Just the Dolphins are going to be fine. Plus, their defense is quite good anyway. The 49ers are facing Atlanta. Again, we're picking on Atlanta, I feel like, all the time. They have allowed the second most points to opposing defenses. And finally, the Texans. The Texans are facing the Jaguars, and they are barely rostered, like, anywhere. So if you're in deeper leagues, or especially for a DFS play that may be way more valuable, give you, I'm sorry, not valuable. Well, they could be valuable. Would that work? They're a good value and are valuable. Nailed it. Got it. They're facing the Jaguars. Oh, the lowly sad Jaguars and Urban Meyer, who have allowed the third most points to opposing defenses. And that's all you have from me today. Um, Unfortunately, I wish I could give you so much more information about COVID results and about injuries, but everything is still very much up in the air and everything is very nebulous. So make sure your eyes and ears are glued to what we have coming up here at Mayo Media Net because we keep you posted on all of those things throughout the week. So we're not going to leave you hanging. And hopefully you can get some of those excellent waiver wire options like Devontae Parker or Rashad Penny that can help you for the rest of your fantasy football playoffs. If you have a first round buy, congratulations. Take a break. Don't worry about it. And then laugh as everyone else is stressing out. That that's It's a wonderful position to be in. Pat yourself on the back if you got there. Remember to, f- excuse me, ah, ah, I'm dying. See, this is how jealous I am of not having a first round buy in any of my leagues is it literally made me choke up and almost cry.
because I really want a first round buy. I might get one in one of my leagues, so don't feel too bad for me there. But follow us here at Mayo Media Net. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not done so, so you can get all of the breaking news, all of those pieces of advice that we can give you, not just for your season-long leagues, but for your dynasty, as well as your DFS plays. Follow along with us on the 7-Eleven Challenge at prizepicks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code MMN if you have not signed up yet already because you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. If you would like to play in the 7-Eleven Challenge, very easy. Five over-under picks for the NFL. Change your bet amount to $7.11. And you can follow me, Lauren Carpenter, at Stepmom Lauren. And good luck in Week 15. What's up, everyone? Peter Overzet here on the Mayo Media Network doing what we always do here on Monday afternoons, which is record our first look at the following week's DFS salaries on DraftKings. We have the Week 15 slate on tap, and uh, we have finally emerged from the bye weeks. We have no teams on bye, but as it pertains to the main slate, we are missing some interesting teams. We have a Thursday night game, Chiefs and Chargers, so we don't get those guys. And then we actually have two Saturday night games uh, this week, which starts up. So we have Raiders, Browns, Patriots, Colts not on the main slate. We have Saints, Bucks on Sunday night football. And then we have Vikings, Bears on Monday night football. And I'm here going through the projected over-unders for this main slate and it's looking pretty grim. I don't see an over-under projected for more than 47.5 points. The best games as of right now look like Seattle versus the Rams, and then the Cardinals versus the Lions. And of course, the Cardinals are carrying that total on their back. So this is going to be an interesting slate. We'll walk through it as we always do. Usual caveats here. Uh, I'm normally struggling to find value on a Monday afternoon, but then we have things like Keenan Allen being ruled out last week and opening up, you know, your Josh Palmers and Jalen Guytons of the world. So as usual, lots of stuff changed, but this is the foundation to your research here. We are running out of good main slates. We have week 15, week 16, 17, week 18 is always a bit of a free-for-all uh, with teams often resting players, and then we're going to get a few good playoff slates, but uh, definitely take advantage here. Soak it all in because in just a short amount of time, we will no longer have football main slates to dive into. So let's savor it while we have it. Let's start at the quarterback position, you know, right at the top, uh, Josh Allen coming off of that 40 point game on DraftKings. And yet he comes out of this game a little banged up. I believe the current uh, take is that he uh, might have a mild case of turf toe. He was in a walking boot uh, when he left the game. So clearly going to have to monitor that, you know, at home versus Carolina would be a pretty good spot for Josh Allen, obviously. Um, and I think with that uncertainty, Kyler Murray is going to be incredibly popular tonight. We have him playing the Rams. So there's always a chance that public sentiment can change, you know, whether that's on injury performance, but I'm feel pretty confident that heading into this game against Detroit, who has just been a complete patsy on defense that Kyler Murray is going to project very well at 7,900. We have some other injuries to monitor, you know, Aaron Rodgers continues to deal uh, with this fractured toe, but he is hoping to avoid minor surgery with it. Lamar Jackson left the game early um, yesterday with an ankle injury. Uh, it says here, the Ravens plan to see how Jackson feels Monday before any determinations are made. If Lamar Jackson were to miss, I mean, Huntley would very much be in play at home 
versus Green Bay at 5,400. He flashed some nice rushing upside yesterday in relief of Lamar Jackson rushing here for uh, 45 yards. And he actually looked pretty dialed in as a passer. Uh, Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman had really nice days. So uh, Tyler Huntley would become very interesting. I think also up here on the top end for me, um, I am willing to go back to Jalen Hurts. I know it's been a bit of a roller coaster. You know, he goes from a 30 point game to a 10 point game, but his upside there at 6,600 at home versus Washington, who kind of looks like a disaster right now. So I could definitely see Jalen Hurts coming off of the bye, having a big game here. Um, I mentioned that the Seattle Rams game looks like one of the better games on the main slate. So I think you can make cases for both Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson. The Seahawks showing some signs of life now. Uh, Lockett obviously unlocked for a big game yesterday. Gerald Everett was serviceable. So maybe Russ Wilson is starting to warm up just a little bit. Um, And you have to figure on the road in Los Angeles, they won't be able to run quite as much although I can hear Pete Carroll right now saying, hold my beer, Peter. Uh, But if they do get forced into a negative game script, uh, I think Russ Wilson could be interesting. Don't know how I feel about Burrow on the road at Denver. That feels like a a tough spot. The Denver defense is playing really well right now and at home on the road for Burrow seems rough. But I will say on the flip side, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has so many weapons at his disposable right now. uh, And they didn't really need to pass a ton yesterday against the Lions because the run game was just absolutely crushing. But I'll be very interested in Bridgewater at 5,500 here. Uh, I think we got to mention Tua as well coming off of the bye here. uh, The Jets are awful. And Tua has been really solid this year. So, you know, he's flashed kind of um, a high floor. Haven't quite seen the ceiling, but if any team could unlock a ceiling, it's uh, certainly the Jets. And at 5,700, he doesn't have to score that many points to pay off. Um, As far as other cheap guys, I guess we can talk about Cam. You know, down here at 5,400, he had a really weird game yesterday where he was being yanked in and out of the lineup. Um, and you had Matt rule saying, uh, today that the plan is for both him and PJ Walker to see time under center. So this is one of those tough spots where if you knew you were getting a full game out of cam, he's going to project really well because he's, he's rushing and he's honestly throwing the ball fine. Um, he got 15 points yesterday and was barely, you know, playing the full set of snaps. So, uh, we'll see about the cam stuff. I, I never really understand the hybrid quarterback strat. Uh, but, uh, we'll have to stay tuned on that. I think Huntley is the guy though. That's going to be popular. If, uh, if Lamar misses, let's head over to running back, which is real gross, real gross on the top end here. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott looks like total dust. Najee Harris has really kind of slowed down a bit. He did have the 25 points. A lot of it came at the end of the game, but his um, efficiency just hasn't uh, been there and he's just not breaking off any big plays. Um, And you're going to have to pay 7,800 for him uh, against the Titans. Joe Mixon, who had an incredible stretch there, has now really been struggling. You know, he had three straight games over 27 points, now a 10-point game, an eight-point game. Now he's on the road at Denver. I think it's safe to worry about him, especially with Pirine working in a decent amount on pass downs. Um, How about Cordero Patterson, man? All this guy does is find a way to score every week, uh, or score fantasy points, I should say. Um, You know, even when he's not hitting a ceiling, he's not burning you. Uh, So yeah, Cordero Patterson at a very nice $6,900 price tag against San Francisco seems interesting. 
Aaron Jones coming off a, a nice two touchdown game on Sunday night football, uh, not getting a ton of work though. He was just very efficient with those two touchdowns, only five carries and three targets. Um, it does seem like AJ Dillon is sort of taking over there. So, um, He's probably going to be the classic Aaron Jones thing, which is a good tournament play, uh, but probably not going to project as well. Barkley looked pretty good yesterday, and now they're at home against Dallas. Uh, 16 rushing attempts, three targets, did get that rushing or uh, receiving TD. So Saquon's workload has been pretty consistent. I think we kind of know what we're getting out of him. Um, and he still has some explosiveness. You know, I think uh, Pat Corain in his NBC Sports Edge article was talking about his breakaway run rate and that it was still uh, pretty high up there in the league. So anytime these running backs still have that explosiveness, I think that's interesting. Um, Deandre Swift, uh, if he comes back, you know, the lions were using a, a three-way committee at running back this week with Craig, uh, Reynolds, Godwin, Igwebuki and Jamar Jefferson. So if Deandre Swift were to come back, uh, I think he'd be interesting at home here against the Cardinals. Same deal with Elijah Mitchell. Um, Jeff Wilson didn't necessarily do anything yesterday to, you know, cement, you know, uh, his handle on the job. I do think Eli Mitchell would come right back in and get most of that work. Um, we can mention the Broncos backs, but man, they, um, it's easy for both Broncos backs to pay off their salary when they're down in those low five K's. But now that they're up here in the six K range, 5,900 for Melvin Gordon, 6,100 for Javante Williams. It's starting to get a little harder for both of those guys to project well in a true 50, 50 split. So Javante is getting a little bit more of the attractive, you know, green zone, uh, pass work and Melvin Gordon is getting a slight edge in carries as of right now. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a tough spot, um, for the committee backs when they get this pricey. Um, Darrell Henderson is actually who jumped out to me at running back. When I was looking at this, he's obviously not playing tonight with COVID, but I, I still maintain similar to the Elijah Mitchell stuff with the 49ers that they, you know, greatly prefer Henderson as their lead back. And so even though Sony Michelle's been running well, I'm pretty confident that when Henderson returns, he will be the bell cow. So getting him at home for Seattle here, who's been pretty bad against the run at 5,900, that seems like a really nice spot. And then as far as the cheap stuff down here, um, I think AJ Dillon in a GPP makes sense to me. Um, Rashad Penny looked really good uh, yesterday, but that of course was against the Texans and now they're on the road at the Rams. So not as good of a spot for Rashad Penny, but man, did he take advantage of his opportunities yesterday? 16 attempts, 137 yards, two TDs. Um, he's, he's fairly interesting. And then I guess I can also mention, uh, Donta Foreman down here. He is, uh, was more attractive in that matchup against the Jags because it is a little bit of a three-way timeshare with Hilliard and, uh, McNichols now back. So Donta Foreman definitely looked the best of those guys. Um, but 13 attempts, uh, versus, you know, the Steelers is going to be a bit tougher of a sell. Let's head over to the tight end position where George Kittle is just absolutely destroying these two past weeks. Um, absolutely massive performances, 42.6 DraftKings points, 37.1 DraftKings points. Uh, he is going to be your undisputed top tight end play on the week. We don't even have to have Travis Kelsey debates because he is not on this main slate. And uh, I think Mark Andrews, you know, is not quite obviously in Kittle territory, but he really flashed uh, with Huntley, 11 targets, 11 receptions, found the end zone there. We've always known he's capable of this, um, but the Ravens offense has just been a little bit of a roller coaster this year. So Mark Andrews, I'm, I'm interested in. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts is just a tough sell, even here at 5,500. Um, this is just such a, a low ceiling offense in general that it's hard to get excited about paying for tight ends in this range. Um, this whole 5K range feels tough to me. Goddard, Ertz, Pitts. I'd rather get up to Andrews or Kittle or go cheaper here. Uh, maybe Hawkinson comes back and uh, projects well. Dawson Knox uh, scored a touchdown. Nine targets for Dawson Knox is really nice. He's a really big part of their offense. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is getting phased out a bit. Did I just skip over wide receiver? I completely skipped over wide receiver. I'm sorry, guys. We'll circle back to that. I am completely off my game today. I started my earlier GPP review show on mute. Um, I'm just down bad. I'm down bad. The DraftKings account is bleeding, and I can't even do this show in its proper sequential order. Um, let's uh, talk about a couple of the other tight ends, and then uh, and then we could uh, could get back to the wide receivers here. Noah Fant uh, looked pretty good for Denver on Sunday. I'm interested in him at 4,400. Gerald Everett, his price tag doesn't come up a bunch, and he's been getting a decent amount of work. Uh, only the two targets yesterday, but did find the end zone and had six targets, nine targets the two weeks previously. Um, let's see, anything else down here? James O'Shaughnessy has been pretty consistent. Uh, six targets, six targets, five targets. Now he gets the Texans. That's a pretty nice matchup for James O'Shaughnessy. So always uh, some fun stuff down here when we're dumpster diving. Brevin Jordan had a touchdown for the Texans. Uh, Brock Wright, if for some reason Hawkinson wasn't good to go, although I think he will be, he did have five targets with Hawkinson out. Let's circle back to wide receiver. How did I forget the funnest position? Um, I don't know how I did that. Um Wide receiver is actually pretty loaded at the top end here. Cooper Cup, of course, at 9,000 uh, against the Seahawks at home. Unless something crazy happens tonight, he's going to project extremely well. Devontae Adams coming off of a monster Sunday night football performance, 13 targets, two touchdowns. Devontae Adams is who he thought he was. Uh, Debo Samuel at 8,200 um, is interesting to me. He uh, you know, wasn't expected to play last week during the early part of the week. And then once he was active, he projected really well, but he did play, you know, a limited amount of snaps relative to his full workload. So maybe this throws people off the scent a bit. If we do project him back for a full set of routes in this game against Atlanta, I'm pretty enticed by him. Stefan Diggs, um, he's still, you know, for despite not having the kind of ceiling games that we've really hoped for this year outside of that game against the Jets, um, I saw a stat that he's still tied for third in the league with red zone targets along with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So Stefan Diggs still very much in the alpha wide receiver mix. Also, you know, interested in CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase here, 7,400, 7,100. Jamar Chase, uh, finally back at it, 25 points after a little rough stretch there. Uh, he's always an intriguing play that people don't seem to want to click. DeAndre Hopson, Hopkins at 6,900 versus Detroit will probably be in play. Um, DK Metcalf now down in this range with some of the more secondary wide receivers, IU, Kiggins, Cooper, Devonta Smith. This isn't necessarily the range we've seen him in. Um, I'm happy to go back to DK Metcalf. I know Lockett has been the one flashing the big games lately, um, but I really don't think that much has changed there. I know there's uh, theories going that ever since the DK Metcalf only fans for some story surface that Russell Wilson is favoring a God-fearing man in Tyler Lockett. Um, while very fun, uh, I don't necessarily buy that that's 
what's happening. And uh, I'm interested in a $6,200 DK Metcalf. If no one's going to play him, that looks pretty palatable to me. Brandon Cooks managed to get 100 yards in that game. Didn't seem like it, but he did 11 targets for 101. So he's firmly in bring back territory. Although I say bring back and I don't know who is uh, necessarily stacking up the Jags. Maybe mini correlation ter- uh, territory. I will plant my flag right now on a Brandon Cooks, James O'Shaughnessy mini. Um, Elijah Moore, devastating. He's on IR. Uh, let's see. What do we got down here? Julio Jones. Uh, I was hoping for more from him in his return. His price stays the same. He did have six targets and with AJ Brown still not back. I think he's still in the conversation. Um, love this spot for Jerry Judy. Uh, again, the Broncos didn't really need to throw that much against the lions. I think they could need to throw a little bit more against the Bengals, and that could be fun. Amon Ross St. Brown is just racking up targets back-to-back games with 12 targets. Uh, he could be a nice bring back there for your Arizona Cardinal stacks. Let's see if we have anything else interesting down here uh, in the low range. DraftKings all season has been very sharp with their pricing, making it hard for us to find deals. I might kick the tires on Rondell Moore at 4,400 in that game against the Lions, uh, Emmanuel Sanders all the way down to 4,000, you know, Dawson Knox is a factor. Gabriel Davis coming on only one target. Um, he did leave with a knee injury, so we'll have to keep tabs on that, but I'm always willing to make cheap bets on the bills. Pass catchers, uh, Gabe Davis as well. A cheap bet on the bills. Pass catcher. His role is, has been growing. You can see here he was in the three to four target territory, jumped up to eight targets yesterday. So if something is up with Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis will be very popular. And I suppose uh, I can mention Laquan Treadwell down here as well. Treadwell had a pretty nice game, six for 68. Um, Again, I know no one's getting super excited about it, but these target and yardage totals at 3,300, as they say in the biz, you could do worse. Uh, We already hit on tight end. I apologize once again for going out of order. Maybe they'll hook us up with some timestamps. The old QB, running back, tight end, wide receiver, defense, show order, classic. Um, defense, uh, this is my first time taking a peek at defensing. If we can find anything interesting down here. Ravens at home versus uh, Rodgers is kind of intriguing to me at 2,500. Um, can I find anything? Jacksonville at home versus uh, Davis Mills for 2,800 looks good. Uh, I guess either defense in that game could be fine. And then up on the high end, of course, the Cardinals versus Detroit have the highest tag. Uh, Broncos at home versus the Bengals for 2,900. That looks pretty good to me. Bills versus the uh, Carolina quarterback committee is good. 49ers versus Atlanta is good. Lots of good defensive options here in this 2,800 to 3,300 range. That is is it for my first look guys. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you guys are looking to improve your DFS process, I highly recommend checking out run the Sims. They now have weekly and monthly packages. If you want to test drive it for the end of the season, we run 10,000 simulations for every main slate, every showdown slate, and then show you which players are showing the most optimal leverage relative to projected ownership. It is a great way to find overlooked plays, plays that the math is favoring far more than the field. I highly recommend it. You can get 10% off with promo code Pete. Feel free to ask me or Mayo about Run the Sims. We will give you the spiel. Highly recommend it. Uh, Good luck in week 15. Hope you guys uh, all find yourselves at the top of the leaderboards. We'll be back next week.